Bridgebank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridgebank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridgebank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, what's up? I'm Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of KQED's Right Nowish podcast. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now-ish. Welcome to Right Now-ish. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. And let's get to it. The worlds of art and technology are often pitted against each other, especially out here. It shows up in conversations about housing, employment, education, gentrification, and so much more. So when I heard about a new play which imagines artists and techies coexisting and pushes audiences to rethink their reality, you know I had some questions. The play is called Co-Founders, and it's a collaborative project from a trio of folks. All right, I'll start. Ryan, Nicole, Austin. Actor and MC. Adisha Adefela. Musician and thespian. Bo Lewis. Viral video creator and actor. And with that, let's draw back the curtain and jump in. The story follows two co-founders. The first is Isada, a black woman who lives in Oakland and is a genius coder. Right. So I wanted an artificially intelligent augmented reality avatar. I built the back end and beta tested the build and well, uh, blast off. Just a a cool little fun fact is the name Asada is actually, it's not spelled like um, Asada Shakur, but it's spelled E-S-A-T-A, which is another name for the USB cord. The second co-founder is Conway Delouche, a white guy from Allentown, Pennsylvania, who drops out of college to pursue his startup dreams. My daddy told me I am the one who will build my own legacy. Conway is kind of big salesman who, idea guy, but who just couldn't, you know, build anything on a computer to save his life. And the story is about these two as the most unlikely co-founders in the history of Silicon Valley. Will they accept me or will they reject me? Will they accept me? And so really, we see these, these two people um, and, and their differences uh, kind of paired in this unlikely, impossible dream of entrepreneurship uh, in the Bay. The play follows these founders as they initially stumble before getting accepted into an accelerator program. They face some growing pains and have to deal with those big issues that I mentioned at the top of the show, as well as race, gender, and accessibility. In the end, the play takes on a perspective that's more optimistic than most. We have the locals and we have the tech industry that is not native, but the tech industry brings some promise of a better future. It's, hey, let's be open-minded and what's going to help us collectively grow um, for the betterment of the future. There's commonalities in entrepreneurship between the culture of the town and that of Silicon Valley. It takes the same spirit of hustle to sell a tape out of a trunk as it does to sell a computer out of a garage. While optimistic and dramatized, I mean, it's a play after all. The story draws from the lived experiences of the team. And who better to tell this tale than the people actually living it? 
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. That pairing of the odd couple, the uh, references to real life experiences there's there's some uh reality that's mixed into this storyline right definitely definitely <laughs> you're picking so up just a that. little <laughs> yeah. So, yeah uh Bo, could you tell me the origin story happy to co-founders started as a weekly freestyle rap session that was basically therapy for founders uh who were chasing impossible startup dreams um that led to a reading a, a year later after 52 of these sessions um, where some family and friends came in, in, in mostly people with tech, tech connections, but also in the hip hop community. Um, and um, people from tech saw themselves reflected in this. They were like, oh, my God, wait, what? Like, I can be part of hip hop culture. And it's um, it's like, well, you, kind of um, is the answer. And so it became very important to me and honestly, everybody to say, like, wait a minute, like, who are the people who are creating the music from the town, creating the culture from the town? The seeds of the play were planted through those freestyle sessions and the idea eventually grew into a theatrical play where all the characters were depicted as animals. While Bo was working out the kinks to his idea, Adisha was in Oakland. They hadn't met yet. And at this time, Adisha says she wasn't a big fan of tech workers raising the cost of living and pricing out artists. Adisha is a trained thespian who was focused on hustling from show to gig, pushing her musical career forward as best as she could. But really, she was looking for a break. And so literally prayed and and asked God, I was like, hey, I need you to help me stay here. (laughs) I need you to help me use my degree. I got a degree in theater. Like, it doesn't make any sense that I'm working as an after-school director. Can you help me? Like, practically begging and pleading. And the funny thing is, um, I met Bo through my brother, and they met each other at a First Friday. And to me, First Friday is the culmination of both worlds coming together. If there is one place where it's not us versus them, it's all of us or none, it's First Fridays. Bo presented me with the opportunity, and I hate saying this part because I don't want to make Bo feel bad, but there was an opportunity for me to play a role of the sloth. And in my mind, I was like, a black woman playing a sloth? Like, isn't that a lazy animal? Do I want to do this? Am I going to look like stupid? And I, you know, I didn't get the sense that Bo's intentions were negative or anything like that. I'm just like, hey, you know what? Let me get in. Let me understand this world. Let me see where it's going. She stole the show. Uh, You put Adisha on stage and she was singing um, and it was all anybody wanted to hear. And the more interesting story became, who's that? Uh, And how does she fit in? And how does her world fit into this tech world? 
Gbagbo approached me and said, hey, will you help me write? And I was like, okay, this is for me. And then Ryan followed shortly thereafter. He just picked my brain about my experience in Oakland. My experience was very much like the experience that we've been trying to um, elevate and curate in the development of this show. I went to public schools, but I went to one of, you know, one of the best public schools. I had kind of been flirting with the peripheries of tech. I had folks who were, you know, different, different cultures and races all across the board. Along with her natural talent and her trained skill, Brian brought certain cultural competencies and knowledge of community that not everyone has. It's a byproduct of her being from here and her being really out here. I wanted to make sure that we shone a light on the beauty of this Bay Area and the beauty of innovation, but also provided a proper critique and reckoning for what is happening in an industry um, that is growing <laughs> bigger than itself, growing bigger than its conscience. Uh, what we know about the, the genesis of tech is that it was a group of outsiders who had an idea to disrupt industry. And we want to be able to capture that energy again, as opposed to what we currently are seeing is an industry that has become the industry. And so this show also is that it's a critique and an offering for a new way to harness the energy of the outsider and dismantle the great behemoth industry that we we know so that the people have access. And while they cover topics about breaking down convention, the path of the play has also had an unconventional development. After solidifying the creative trio and changing up the script in a way that created a strong black female character, they started putting on the play for tech workers, including the Lean Startup Conference, Netflix, then Silicon Valley Fashion Week, Stanford Graduate School of Business, and then more traditional theater spaces like ACT and ODC. And knowing how art and tech have been pitted against each other and so, so often our artists and tech workers have been pitted against one another. What I'm getting, gaining overall is that you all see that there's potential to put them together, to see unity in some form. First of all, artists and tech people are weirdos. Let's just call a thing a thing, right? Like we're all, we're all weird left-brained people. We don't speak the same language as anybody else. We're non-conventional. Um, and so there's more similarities than there aren't. The coded language of hip hop, the coded language of, of being from the Bay, you know, you from the town, you got vernacular, you could say a whole sentence that nobody will understand. <laughs> and, you know, except for the people who are supposed to understand, it's very much the same in technology. And I really enjoy that parallel. But there still needs to be bridges. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering. How do you see this play changing the landscape and bringing the different worlds of art and tech together beyond just sitting in a room and watching art? The thing that I find is that what makes us resist new things is fear. Artists are very possessive of their creation and their space. And I think techies in the same way are very possessive of their creation and their space. And there's the fear of like, are you going to try and take away my space? You know, or are you not going to give me the room to actualize my creation? You know, and and so I think one of the things that I've learned from this process with Bo and Ryan is, man, when you open yourself up, there's actually room for both, like in and, and, and space for both. The other really great thing that we look forward to doing in this show 
in the live presentation, at least what we envision, we have a pre-show element that people who purchase a ticket will be able to input information about themselves. It's going to be hopefully like Mad Libs. If they had a business, what would it be? They could fill it out really quickly. And we are hoping to pair those people in the room in real time um, to have some real conversations prior to the show, during intermission, and hopefully after the show. We get to forge them together with unlikely partners, people that they would have never talked to, people that they would never um, converse with. And so there is a full-on engagement strategy that exists in the show that hopes to, and I think endeavors to um, connect people beyond the, the hour and a half that they spend in the theater. They don't plan to stop either. They're going for full-on audience involvement through multimedia projections and song. And as they dive into these Bay Area issues, there's an element of theater of the oppressed, which for listeners out there means that the audience is part of the performance. And there's some political agendas about making change. Would you say that this is a form of theater of the oppressed? Hmm, come on, sis. Yeah. <laughs> yes, in that there's a, a breaking of the fourth wall. What I love about theater of the oppressed, to the extent that I understand it and, and the extent that I've been able to be engaged in it, is that there is no fourth wall, that the, there is no audience. We're all players in this show, right? We are all participants of this world we're creating. We are not inviting audiences to sit and be consumers. This is always a symbiotic experience. It's really the the, the nexus of our, our uh, theme being that innovation, the best innovation thrives with differences, but in order for innovation to, to work, we all have to be participating in it. When it um, when it is just a producer and a consumer relationship, and it's just that kind of diametrically opposed relationship, then you you end up with the power dynamic that is imbalanced. Yeah. And the other thing I would add is, um, you know, I'll just say it like, there's going to be conflict, right? Like yeah. we're talking about unity. We're talking about pushing things, getting together. Like when things are different, there is friction. There's different points of view. There's assumptions that you have, you know, times you end up with your foot in your mouth. And that happens to the three of us in the writer's room all day. Like we, and we pushed through it. Uh, and I had realized that this blind spot of having a black female play a sloth was eh, not the best look, you know? And so there's all that friction. There's, there's that friction in the show. There's times when it makes you feel uncomfortable uh, for sure. Um, but our goal is to resolve that with humor. You know, we want people to be able to squirm around in their seat and then just all erupt in laughter and having that kind of cathartic release at the end of it. Appreciate that. Thank you. I, yeah, a lot of laughter. I sensed the benevolent energy. Um, <laughs> yeah, that good energy, the laughs, the optimism, it's all needed. Because trying to get tech workers and artists to coexist seems like a heavy lift. While there's room for skepticism and critique, we need to acknowledge the efforts to make a change. So big thank you to Ryan, Adisha, and Bo for taking time to chop it up with us. And best of luck on the play and the real-life bridging of cultures. If you're looking for more information on upcoming performances, I'd suggest you check out RhymeCombinator.com. That's the brainchild of Ryan Adichambeau. It's a company that creates viral multimedia stories that have a social justice undertone. If you're looking to keep up with them individually, you can find Ryan on Instagram at Miss Ryan Nicole. Adisha is on Instagram at Adisha Music. And you can find Bo at Peep Lil Bo. That's spelled P-E-E-P-L-I-L-B-E-E. 
AU. Camilo Garzon and Nima Gobir produced this episode of Right Nowish. Jessica Plachik is the editor. Our engineer is Seal Muller. And our engagement team is made up of Kiana Mogadam, Sarah Pineda, and Ashley Ng. KQED execs are Erica Aguilar, David Marcus, and Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw, taking a second to thank you for coming along on this journey with us. Much more to come. Peace. Right Nowish is a KQED production. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.